I have put in place a zero-tolerance policy for illegal entry uh, on our southwest border. If you cross the border unlawfully, then we will prosecute you. If you smuggle illegal aliens across our border, then we will prosecute you. If you're smuggling a child, then we're going to prosecute you. And that child will be separated from you, probably, as required by law. So if you're going to come to this country, come here legally. Don't come here illegally. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Jamal Bowie, Slate's chief political correspondent and your host for today's episode. Last Friday, the Department of Homeland Security announced an end to temporary protected status for tens of thousands of Hondurans who arrived in the United States to live after a 1998 hurricane devastated their country. Now, those Hondurans, who spent decades integrating into American society with homes, jobs, businesses, and native-born children, will be given just two years before they have to leave the United States. This marks the latest run of expulsions. Last year, the Trump administration removed similar protections for 45,000 Haitians and 2,500 Nicaraguans. At the start of the year, Trump officials did the same for 200,000 Salvadorans. And just two weeks ago, the administration revoked status from 9,000 Nepalese immigrants. The move against immigrants with temporary protected status was joined on Monday with a speech by Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who pledged to criminally prosecute every migrant who illegally crosses the southern border, splitting children from parents and sending them to camps on military bases. It's a deliberately cruel change from the present procedure, where apprehended families are released to await civil deportation procedures. The White House is consumed by chaos and scandal. But on the agency level, the Trump administration is advancing its agenda. And the major part of that agenda, perhaps the central part, is removing as many immigrants as possible from the country. And thus far, Trump is succeeding. We'll talk more about immigration with Darlin Vox, but first, a short break. To talk about the recent changes in immigration policy, we have Dara Lind, a reporter with Vox.com. Hi, Dara. Welcome to Trumpcast. Hi, Jamel. Good to be on. So last time we had you on, uh, we were talking about immigration policy. And once again, uh, you are back and we are talking about immigration policy. The good news is that uh, unlike the last time I was on, things are unlikely to fall apart in Congress over the course of the interview. (laughs) So what, in the last week, we've had, it seems like a couple changes the first is that the Trump administration has moved has moved to remove another group from the list of people with temporary protected status. And so could you talk a little bit about that? Who are those immigrants? Why are they being removed? And what is sort of the larger situation happening with those with temporary protected status? Sure. So the most recent move, the one you're referring to, is that the administration has announced that 57,000 people from Honduras who have been living in the U.S. since 1998 and were first granted temporary protections to stay in the U.S. after Hurricane Mitch uh, as a, you know, you, we can't deport you back to a country that's recovering from a natural disaster. Those people are now being told that they have 18 more months. They can apply for one last work permit and r- round of protections 
And after those 18 months, they're going to lose their status and become unauthorized immigrants. So officially, the line is you have to leave the U.S. or we'll deport you. In practice, of course, as we know, just being an unauthorized immigrant doesn't mean you're going to get deported, but the risk is certainly there. This is a case, you know, obviously, if we're talking about 1998 to today, it's not necessarily the case that Honduras is still recovering from Hurricane Mitch in any real way. But this is a decision that previous administrations kind of made to just continue temporary protections rather than having to send people back to a country that is, you know, has had one of the world's highest homicide rates, is not the most stable place to force people to go back to. And as that decision kept getting made to kind of kick the can down the road, people put down roots in the U.S. and now are being told that because the label on their work permit said temporary, that they never really should have considered themselves residents of America to begin with. That's something that the Trump administration has done several times over the year plus it's been in office. It's made similar decisions for some you know, 200 to 250,000 Salvadorans for about 50,000 Haitians. There are several other countries that they've announced they're going to be stripping temporary protections from. But on the whole, we're talking about 350 to 400,000 people who are currently in the U.S., who have been in the U.S. for years, and who are going to get told over the next couple of years that they're going to have to move out. So why can't any of these groups of people get permanent status or, or permanent legal residency is does TPS simply not allow for that? Exactly. Uh, there are very particular kinds of legal status in the U.S. that have paths to green cards, which is the way you can get citizenship. TPS is not one of them. When Congress designed TPS, it was, you know, A, imagined as kind of a temporary thing, but also during a time when Congress often passed these kind of small immigration reforms to protect particular groups of people, often because situations like this had come up where they, you know, a particular country had suffered through something and Congress needed to allow people who had been living in the U.S. to become legal. Congress has obviously not done anything like that on immigration recently. Uh, As a matter of fact, most recently there was a move to include a path to citizenship for TPS holders in the negotiations in January over an immigration deal and Trump himself apparently rejected that because it would have included Haitians. And he said, we don't need any more Haitians, get them out. But in the meantime, TPS holders have been in this situation where they are able to stay legally only because of their temporary protected status, unless they otherwise qualify for legal status, such as, you know, being married to a U.S. citizen. And even then, only in certain cases, they can't actually get any more permanent legal status. They've just been staying on temporary status for a couple of decades. And so they're essentially stuck. Congress won't move to bring any of them into permanent residency. And the Trump administration seems committed to basically taking them out. And in our last conversation, you made the point, the really good point, that one thing that's happening here isn't necessarily that Immigrations and Customs Enforcement will show up at people's doorsteps, but that this is now another group of people who are made vulnerable to that kind of activity, vulnerable to being removed. And so they may not ever leave the country, but they now essentially have to recede into the shadows. Exactly. And this is especially relevant with TPS holders, because if you've been in the U.S. for a couple of decades, you know, many of these people were younger than 15 when they came to the U.S. Many of them have U.S. citizen children. Many of them are homeowners. 
they're not the kind of people who are likely to pick up and move. If they wanted to move back to, say, Honduras, they would have done it already. So this is especially likely to be a situation of people who have been here without fear, with legal status, trying to make their way as unauthorized residents, knowing that the federal government has their information, but that it may not have the resources or may decide that it's not worth it to deport them today and is just going to cross its fingers that they'll disappear into the shadows or leave. The other immigration, I guess the other immigration policy change or move from the Trump administration involves a recent influx of people seeking asylum at the border. And Jeff Sessions, I want to say last Monday, or was it this Monday? I've kind of lost track of time at this point. But sometime in the recent past, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced that, that A, that the Justice Department would bring criminal uh, charges against people who tried to cross the border, the southern border, uh, this particular group of people, and would start removing children from parents in order to discourage that. And so I, I saw the headlines here and I read a bit about it. It seems like a major change, but I'm not actually sure what what the history here here is. Is this is this unprecedented? Is this something that has been done before? Could you could you help sort of clarify what's going on with this? Sure. So first of all, I mean, you call this an influx, and I think I mean that is true in a limited sense. But I want everyone to know what the context here is. The Trump administration is currently putting out the narrative that. There are a lot more people who are trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border this year than there were last year. That is totally true according to all evidence we have. But that's because last year there was a really, really historically low number of people trying to cross into the U.S. Honestly, we don't know exactly why that is, but it seems as likely as anything that it's because when Trump took office, a lot of people were worried about what would happen to them if they tried to cross into the U.S. and therefore delayed or you know decided not to. And then after a few months, it became clear that they couldn't actually you know prevent people from seeking asylum. So numbers picked back up again. In any broader context than last year, we're not actually talking about ginormous amounts of people. We're not talking about, for example the numbers that we were looking at in 2014, when there was a real, what was called a crisis of unaccompanied children and families from Central America, so many of whom were coming into the US that, you know, Border Patrol didn't have the resources to deal with all of them, they were putting people up in military bases, that kind of thing. This is something that the Trump administration is trying to portray as a crisis because they don't want people coming in, not because the federal government doesn't have the resources or hasn't seen anything like this before. Their response, though, is a little bit unprecedented. It's unprecedented insofar as it's turning something into policy that has thus far been an occasional practice. You can't, it's not at all clear how you can ever prosecute every single person who comes into the U.S. illegally, which is to say, instead of coming at a port of entry like you know, a road crossing and presenting themselves for asylum there, which is a legal thing they can do. They're crossing between ports of entry, getting caught by a border patrol agent, and then saying they want asylum, which is legal, but they've committed a crime by crossing into the U.S. illegally. Right now, about 10% of those people at best are getting prosecuted, and it's still 55% of all federal convictions were for immigration charges, and most of those are illegal entry or illegal reentry. It's just a massive 
suck of federal resources. So we don't really know how they're getting to this zero tolerance point. But even at that kind of 10% level, you know, you're talking about family units who are coming as parents with children. And when someone gets prosecuted criminally, they get put, instead of being in immigration detention, in a federal detention facility, a criminal detention facility, and their children get treated as unaccompanied minors and sent into the custody of Health and Human Services. They can be reunited once, you know, the parent has been convicted and served their term, which is a pretty short sentence on a first-time illegal entry charge, but that's still a matter of months. And HHS has also lost about 1,500 children who were in its custody, who had lost track of once it placed them with relatives or sponsors. So there's a lot of questions about the kind of family separation aspect of this. And that is more of an unprecedented thing. The administration tried it as a pilot last fall. They claim it worked. The number that they used to justify that is not at all grounded in any statistics that I've seen and I've asked and their explanation literally didn't match what they initially said the number was. So, you know, the deterrent effect of this is not clear. And as anything other than a deterrent, it seems pretty obviously like an attempt to punish people for trying to come to the United States by taking their children away. Is this, so one thing I'm curious about is, is this something that the government can be sued over? Would anyone have standing to bring a legal case against throwing this? Or does this fall kind of broadly just under the president and the executive branch's powers to enforce immigration policy? And so while while it may seem cruel or it may seem uh, unnecessary, there, there's simply like nothing much anyone can do about it outside of, you know, winning an election in a couple years. The family separation stuff per se, I don't think is something that you can sue over. You can't sue over getting arrested and taken away from your kids if you've committed a crime. But this does raise questions about whether people who have legitimate asylum claims are getting the chance to present those claims and be heard or kind of getting railroaded through this process that's ultimately going to result in them getting shipped out of the country without having had a chance to demonstrate that they would be persecuted or they would be in lethal peril if they went back. So there are some court cases about the mass detention of asylum seekers, about the attempts to detain family units in immigration detention rather than allowing them to be released into the community while their trials are pending. So there is some litigation that could kind of affect this. But the fundamental problem here is that you know, people who present themselves between ports of entry have committed a crime. And once the Trump administration treats that as the only salient fact about them, it has a lot of control over how they're treated. The Trump administration says that if you present yourself at a port of entry, then you're doing the right thing. And this is, you know, all fine, and you won't suffer any problems. There have been cases, though, both of people getting turned away, trying to present themselves for asylum at ports of entry, and of some families getting separated even after presenting themselves. So like, that's another question of, is the Trump administration's real goal here to stop people from breaking the law? Or is it to stop people from coming even if they're going about it, quote unquote, the right way? So I have one last question about goings on in immigration, and that involves, again, the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Um, You have a new piece up at Vox, noting that uh, Jeff Sessions has taken sort of unprecedented control over immigration courts and over the cases of of immigrants. So, could you 
say a little more about that. What what exactly is the attorney general doing and how does this differ from past practice? Sure. So immigration courts are under the control of the Department of Justice in a way you might not assume by hearing the term courts. There's a pseudo appellate body, but how which of its decisions are considered precedent or is something that it has control over. And the attorney general does have the power to take a decision that the pseudo appellate body, which is called the Board of Immigration Appeals, has issued, refer it to himself and say, actually, y'all went about this the wrong way. Here is the actual decision that you now have to treat as precedent and write a new ruling himself. Sessions has done that with three high profile cases in particular over the last few months that he is still sitting on. There's a fourth one that he's already issued a a, a new ruling in uh, that reduces the ability of judges to give immigrants more time to present their to put their cases together and present them. The cases he's still sitting on would go further in that direction. They would remove some of the tools that judges have to close cases without deporting people or to wait to see how another process, like an immigrant who's applying for legal status from DHS, you know, to wait to see how that's going to play out. And there's a ruling that could, if he writes it broadly enough, reduce the ability of judges to give asylum to immigrants who have suffered domestic violence or another form of violence at the hands of a non-state actor, which given that a lot of the Central Americans currently seeking asylum are presenting claims of gang violence, that could be extremely relevant to a lot of those cases. Attorneys general in the past have done this on occasion. They haven't done several of them in a matter of months, and they haven't said, I am going to decide what this case is about and write a ruling that is broader than the facts of the case itself, which is what Sessions appears to be setting himself up for here. So immigration lawyers are very concerned that this is an extent of meddling in the immigration court system that they haven't seen before, and that coupled with efforts to pressure immigration judges to resolve cases more quickly, Sessions is essentially pressuring them to go through cases and turn it into an assembly line of deportation rather than having a menu of options, some of which might allow immigrants to pursue their claims and ultimately get legal status. We have been speaking with Dara Lin, a reporter with Vox.com. Dara, thank you so much for again helping us understand what's happening with immigration policy in the Trump administration. And I hope to have you back on Trumpcast again soon. Always happy to explain things. That's our show for today. As always, we are on Twitter and you should follow us. Our account is at RealTrumpCast. That's at RealTrumpCast. Get ahead of all the Trump news you can handle and keep up with us in the show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. I'm Jamal Bowie and thank you for listening.